Well, good morning and uh, happy Resurrection Day to everybody. Uh, this is a very, very strange situation to uh, be Easter Sunday and not to be able to gather as a church family. It's, uh, I don't think any of us have ever experienced anything quite like this before. But that doesn't stop the truth from being true and from Jesus uh, resurrecting from the dead. And so uh, what I'd like you to do now is to just think for a moment, those of you who are followers of Jesus, and I have a question for you. Do you remember what it was like the first time that you actually discovered Jesus? Now, I don't mean that you just heard somebody mention his name or you heard some people talking about him, but really and truly found out who he was found out how he lived his life, found out how he was killed, found out what happened three days later. I can't know for sure the things that, uh, that you may or may not have felt during that discovery, but I feel pretty confident in saying that among those things that you felt was hope. That in Jesus you found hope, not only for today, but for all eternity as well. And I want to show you a scene now from uh, the movie Amistad. And in the scene, there are two African slaves that learn the story of Jesus, even though they are unable to read a word of English. Amen. Yeah, Confiteate omnipotenti, beate Maria e Santa Vergine. 
Did you sense the hope at the end of that clip? That even though they were certain that they were going to be killed, they had discovered that there was hope because there was something beyond the life that they were currently living. In today's passage, which is from 1 Peter, we learn that there were trials that a lot of the early church uh, members, brothers and sisters, had to go through. Part of that was that they were sort of separated from their native land, just like the men in that video. But their trials also were likely to include torture and possibly even death, simply because they were disciples of Jesus and there were those who were opposed to that. And so Peter is writing this particular letter to remind them of the living hope that they have in Jesus because of his resurrection, which is what we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday or Easter. So let's look at today's text, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. I'll be reading it from the New Living Translation, and we'll also have it on the screen. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor 
on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And I think what this passage is telling us is that through the resurrection of Jesus, you have a living hope. And it's a hope that sustains you and strengthens you in all circumstances. So as we consider that, that statement, that sort of thesis statement for this particular passage, we might be asking, well, why does the resurrection of Jesus provide some kind of a living hope for all of us? And I think there are four reasons. I think, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus provides a living hope for all of us, and for you in particular, is because you are one of God's chosen people. Although Christians are known as strangers in the world, they take comfort in the fact that they are God's elect or God's chosen. Now, at one time, only the nation of Israel could claim to be God's. But God's choice of each believer now is based on, first of all, his gracious mercy. There's no room for our pride in all of this. There's nothing that we can do to earn God's love and God's salvation. He gives it to us freely. Second, he made this decision a long, long time ago. And so there's no room at all for us to doubt that our salvation or our future is in heaven. Third, his love for us is provided in Jesus. And so there's no room for apathy. And so being chosen according to God's foreknowledge in no way removes the necessity for people to choose to follow him. See, that's the beauty of what God did. He gave us free will. And so we have the free will to choose to accept him, to accept the gift that he's given us, or not. Now the fact that God knows all events and decisions beforehand and even ordains them does not mean that he forces actions upon his creation, leaving us no choice. We do have a choice. And so we are God's chosen people, but we still have a choice to make. Second, you are protected by God. In verse 5, Peter answers concerns that might have arisen in the mind of his persecuted believers. Will we be able to endure and remain faithful to Jesus if the persecution becomes more intense? Another question might be, well, what good is an inheritance in heaven kept safe and sound if we're not safe and sound here on earth? And the answer to that question, Peter says, is that believers are protected by God the Father and we're shielded by God's power. Now the word that's used here in the Greek really translates uh, how, a, how soldiers would guard somebody. And then they use the present tense, and that emphasizes that this is a continual thing, that that protection is ongoing and never stops. The thing that it does not suggest is that we're shielded from pain or from anguish or from difficulty in life. It simply means that God himself guards and watches over our salvation or our inheritance. 
Our relationship with God now as we grow more like Jesus is simply a foretaste of the salvation that will be revealed when Jesus returns. And so we, we can take comfort in knowing that we are protected by God. Third, you can have joy at the end of your trials. Now in verses 6 and 7, Peter made the point that no individual suffering escapes God's notice and control. God uses that person's experience according to his infin infinitely wise plans for that person. Grief and suffering do not happen without cause or reason. I've heard it said that when something happens to us, the worst question in the world that we can ask God is why? Because you're very likely never to get an answer to that question. A much better question is, what are you trying to do with me now, Lord? How are you trying to use this circumstance to draw me closer to you? The thing is, it may never be clear to us why a particular thing happened, but even with that, God has got to be trusted to carry out his purposes, even in times of trial. All believers face these trials when they're willing to let their light shine in the darkness. And we've got to accept trials as part of the refining process that burns away the impurities and prepares us to meet Jesus. Trials teach us patience, and they help us to grow into being the people that God wants us to be. Peter made this clear to these suffering believers that even as they grieve now in their present circumstances, it was only for a little while compared to the glorious eternity that was awaiting them. And because of that, they could rejoice even though they were suffering grief. And Peter makes sure that they understood that grief and joy can be simultaneous in Christian life. Grief is a natural response to the difficulties that we face in a fallen world. But faith looks forward to an eternity with God and rejoices in that. And so you can have joy at the end of your trials. And fourth, your salvation is just a matter of trust. See, the final outcome of faith refers to full and complete salvation. We receive salvation when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Yet salvation will not be complete until Jesus returns and makes everything new. And so in the meantime, we continue growing in the Christian life and experiencing more and more the blessings of salvation. And as we continue to believe and rejoice, we also continue to grow toward maturity in Christ and to our promised salvation. And so your salvation it's just a matter of trust. And so, uh, in closing today, the people that Peter was writing to had already put their faith and trust in Jesus. And so the words that he's expressing in this letter really are serving to, as to be an encouragement to them. It was their earlier decision, though, was the one that gave them hope. Do you have that hope? The hope that radiates from an empty tomb? The hope that comes from a grave defeated? 
If you don't, or you're not sure, there's an easy way to obtain that hope and security. And if that's you, if that's someone who is engaging with us today, then I would invite you to simply pray a prayer that I'm going to recite right now. You can repeat it after me. You can say it silently to yourself. But if God is calling you, if he's been calling you, or if you're just not sure that you've ever really accepted Jesus as your Savior, then pray this with me. Father God, I admit I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sins. Today, I choose to turn from my sins and I ask you for forgiveness. I choose to believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I choose to believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him from the dead into eternal life. I receive Jesus right now as my Lord and as my Savior. From this moment on, I want to follow him in the fellowship of the church. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me or if you prayed it silently to yourself, would you post a comment to that effect on Facebook just so that we could celebrate with you and, and pray for you in the, uh, in the coming days? Before I turn this back over to uh, Pastor Chip, I have a, a little Easter surprise, I guess, for uh, three people. I have three mugs here in front of me, and uh, the first three people that can post on Facebook what the four points were that I made will send you one of these mugs. So hopefully you were paying attention. <laughs> so let's pray. Father, I, I just give you thanks and praise. What a glorious day this is the day that we get to celebrate the reason that we have faith. A risen Lord and Savior. An empty tomb. A God who loves us with a love that is unwavering and unending. Lord, I pray that those who are with us in this service today would begin to feel that love. Even if they've never felt it before, Lord, and even though we are separated by, uh, in some cases, many miles, that that doesn't matter because you are everywhere. And your love can touch a believer no matter where they are, no matter what they've done in their life, no matter how unworthy they may feel. You love them. And you offer them a place in your family. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jesus, that even though we are so unworthy, that you love us, that you make a home for us, and that you call us your sons and daughters. I just pray right now for each and every person that may have made that choice today to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. God bless you. If you have questions, then I just simply ask that you would use uh, Facebook as a medium to ask those questions. So, Father, bless them all right now. I just pray a blessing over them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Guide us and direct us, Lord. Keep us all safe. Keep us all healthy. Increase our immune systems so that we may resist this virus. And hasten the time when we can all gather back together again. And I ask all of these things now, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and again, Happy Easter. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. That was, a, that was an incredible message. There's nothing like uh, the hope of our faith that our, um, our God would would not be a God that's written about only in history books or a God that ceased to exist, but he's a God that's very much alive, very, very, very much risen, and very much powerful. Um, I do want to take a moment and pray for some of the prayer requests that were sent in, and we do encourage you every week that we're streaming, please post them in the comments. We, we really want to pray. We really want to lift you up. Um, so let's just take a moment and enter into a moment of kind of, of stillness and of peace and of prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you. We love you. Father, we lift up Kathy, God, who is in the hospital, Lord, still struggling with COVID, Lord. Father, we ask that you would touch her body. We ask that you would heal her. Father, we ask that you would transform her, God, that you would take away any pain, any sickness, God, that there would be a complete healing in Jesus' name. Father, we also lift up Matt, God, who is also in the hospital with this virus, Lord, who's on a ventilator. Lord, we're asking for your touch. We're asking for a supernatural move of your spirit on him, God, that you would just... just do a recovery, Lord, that we know is you. Lord, we, uh, we lift up Chris, God, who posted on our Facebook. Chris, uh, we, we pray for her, Lord, and how she's in isolation, God. And it's hard on all of us to be in that isolation. So, Lord, would you touch her, God? Strengthen her, Lord. Allow her to have the peace to know that you're with her and that she isn't alone. The peace to know that she will get through this. Lord, we also pray for anyone in general who's struggling with that, God, with being in their house, being by themselves, being alone. Let them know that you are there, God. Father, we pray for the leadership of our country, God, that you would give them decisions uh, or wisdom to make decisions, that you would give them wisdom to do the right things, God, to move in the right directions. Also, when I was getting ready to come up here, I sensed that there was somebody 
struggling with some type of migraine issue in the name of Jesus right now, we command that headache to go right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, this has not been a normal Easter, but it has not lost any of its meaning and it has not lost any of its power. Lord, forgive us that we've become so spoiled that Easter has become something we, we get all dressed up for and put on a big production for. Lord, forgive your church for that, God, and let us use this time to remember what it was like, God, for the first church, God, who, who met in homes, who met in, in upper rooms, who met all over the place and celebrated that their king, their Jesus, was very much alive. And we love you, Lord, and we do that today. And we encourage you, wherever you're at, to celebrate with your family. We thank you so much for watching. And if you did give your life to the Lord today, please reach out to us. Let us know. We want to we wanna just really bless you and help you on this journey. And a quick reminder, you don't want to miss, let me Vanna White this, you don't want to miss your opportunity to win one of our lovely mugs. So post on our Facebook page those uh, sermon points, and we will message you and get your information to send it to you. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Happy Easter. He is risen. Amen.